Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Lightning are reeling, the Caps are rolling, and John Cooper's team will need a miracle this year to advance to the Stanley Cup playoffs. They lose to Washington 4-2 on Friday, 6-2 on Sunday, and folks, it wasn't that close. Who's to blame for this mess? We're going to discuss this. Meanwhile, the Rays have lost 6-7 of seven now, and they drop a series at Baltimore after a 17-1 shellacking by the Orioles on Mother's Day. So to recap, Tampa Bay teams were outscored 23-3 to on Sunday. What'd you get your mom? All that and more on this Monday edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started on the podcast, let's welcome our sponsor, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Hey, you know, spring is a season of love. I hope you took my advice for Mother's Day and saw our friend Annie at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. If you didn't, well, you can make up for it for going there right away. Whether you're looking for a diamond pendant or bracelet or earrings, or you may be ready to pop the question. You need an engagement ring. My friend Annie is going to help you get the best deal. Don't walk around the shopping mall looking for that jewelry. They've got the big overhead, and that means a bigger price for you. At Continental Wholesale Diamonds, you're paying wholesale. And best of all, there's no pressure. Remember, you're going to come in. Make sure to ask for Annie. He's going to pour you a nice scotch. He's going to teach you about the four C's of diamonds, carrot, cut, color, and clarity. He's going to match that perfect diamond for your loved one. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop, and they're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. Well, Steve, uh, this lightning season was fun while it lasted. <laughs> it's not over <laughs> okay. yet. Yes. All right. We'll delay the inevitable, but I'm telling you, they trail the Caps now, two games to none uh, in the best of seven Eastern Conference final. You really think they can come back? Well, how about this stat? You gave this from Dan Rosen of NHL.com, okay? Since 1975, that was a while ago, people, teams in the conference semifinals and the conference finals are 39 for 41. That's 95.1% in winning a series when they lead two games to none. How about that? That's incredible. That's a daunting stat. So you're saying there's a chance. And the Lightning not only down 2-0, but – down 2-0 and losing Oof. home ice advantage. They've got to, they, to win this series. They now have to win at least two games in Washington. That's right. Yeah, in fact, there's a good chance you've seen your last Lightning game, uh, those of you who went or watch on TV. That could be all for Amelie Arena. I mean, really, they, they, they have to struggle and fight to get one in Washington just to bring it back here to Tampa, uh, even down three games to one. So, I'll tell you, we're going we're gonna to analyze this as best we can. Um, and, and, of course, both games uh, were sort of their own disaster in a way. But they've been dominated in this series. And, you know, they were down 4, four nothing, I guess it was, on, uh, on Friday before they got going and made it 4-2. to two. But, you know, just, just watching these games, Steve, I mean, the, the, the Caps look bigger. They look faster. They look better. I mean, pure and simple. And, and what can you do? I mean, they can't handle – you know, we talked about how – um, how well they did against Boston's top line. Not the case against Washington. They can't handle Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny uh, Metsov. I mean, they can't. They just can't handle those guys. It's been amazing how 
last last series against Boston, the Lightning dominated that series five on five. It wasn't yes. even close. It was a right. it was one of the most impressive performances you'll see in a series among two really good teams, the two top point getting teams in the Eastern Conference. It's like the Lightning switched jerseys with Boston and they're getting dominated in this series because the Lightning in two games have one even strength goal and that came in the third period when you're down, you know, four nothing uh, mm-hmm. in game one. Uh, they've got three on the power play, which is good, but they're getting dominated five on five play. They're, the defense that was so locked down against Boston is giving up chance after chance after chance on the rush. Uh, Ryan McDonough had a really rough night. Um, uh, just I think they all did. Well, but yeah. they all did. But I mean, Ryan McDonough had a lot of turnovers and a lot of bad. JT yeah. Miller had a bad night. Um, yeah. you know, he made some some bad mistakes, leading to rushes and goals the other way. Well, that two on one was JT Miller's bad pass. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it, uncharacteristic mistakes. We haven't seen this Lightning team make in a long time. They're making over and over again. Um, yeah. and it, it's 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 tough to watch when you know how good this team can be and has been. Um, you're sitting there going, what, what's happened in, in just a week since the Boston series ended? Yeah, I, it's, it's totally flipped. The script has flipped completely. Uh, they're now playing the role of the Bruins, I guess. And, you know, even though, I mean, on, you know, I mean, it was a little more promising for a while on Sunday. I mean, you know, the Friday game, forget about it. That thing, that thing got away quickly, it escalated quickly, as they say. Um, but, you know, on Sunday, I mean, they're actually leading this game two to one, but, both goals, to your point, were power play goals. Um, you and I may have seen this different. Or if you look at the replay, you might have a different view of it. I mean, Tom Wilson gets called for goaltender interference, but it, it was really – it looked like the Lightning got away with a hooking penalty. At least that's sort of what the replay showed or what the guys on, on television certainly thought. Um, and, and they scored a power play goal there. And then uh, they called high sticking on T.J. Oshie, which – I guess you were saying by the letter of the law that 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 truly was maybe the right call, although I think rule six, rule sixty point two, and this is what was told <laughs> wow. to me in the press box. Sixty point two. Yes. Yes. Is that it? Yes. Rule okay. sixty point two says high sticking <laughs> is striking an opponent above the shoulders. It does not say okay. anything about the head or the face. Okay. It, it says above the shoulders. Now his hand is above his shoulders as he's trying to catch the puck. Yes, that is true. So technically, that's a penalty. Now. My guess is nine times, or most of the time, they're not going to call that. But his yeah. hand getting hit probably prevented him from catching the puck, which then led to the puck hitting his face. And this well, is the only it, reason I, the penalty got called. It, so it did I, hit his face. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it should have been a penalty, but by the letter of the law, it was. Yeah. Well, by the letter of the law, I'm speeding to work every day by one mile over the speed limit, but they never stopped me. Only one. Um, well, yeah, sometimes more than one. But even if I'm over one, I know I, I feel comfortable they're not going to call it. And I really do believe, and, and they may have talked about it later, but I really do believe that at the time they thought Hebben got hit in the face with a stick. I mean, generally, we you almost did. have to show yeah. – Yeah, I mean, you almost have to show blood, you know, to get that call when there is a high stick. Um, but in any case, the Lightning buried both those chances, and, you know, good for them. Braden Point, Steven Stamkos get power play goals, and they actually led 2-1. Uh, to one. But – as you mentioned, five on five, they haven't had a chance in this series. They've scored one time. And, you know, the other thing is 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 just the goals that they've given up in the final seconds of periods. I mean, especially like, you know, when you're trailing. Um, they did that at the end of the first period in game one. 
and they did it at the end of the of the second period. Well, almost uh, two goals. I mean, Sunday the, the, the first yeah, goal really, in the second period was a minute two left, and then they had the one That's with 2.9. Right. Phil Esposito says this all the time. There, there's there's several rules that Phil Esposito will tell you. If you if you get a long five on three and don't score, you'll probably lose. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, if you you know give up a, a long five on three and you prevent them from scoring, you'll probably win. Probably win. And the other thing he says all the time is, don't give up goals in the first minute or last minute of a period. Or the last, yeah. And, and tonight happens. they gave up. That was three of them. If you count the one with a minute two left in the second, because they gave up a sure. goal in the first twenty eight seconds of the game, or was they it thirty two yeah. seconds? Whatever. The first, you know, yeah, in the first, first minute, half minute, they yeah. gave up a goal almost right yeah. off the face off. Ovechkin almost scores right off the face off. But they right. give up that. They got three shots in the first 30 seconds. Yeah, in the first like. shift there. And then, then they give yeah. up the two goals late in the second, where instead of going into the second intermission tied 2-2, you're down 4-2. Yeah, yeah it's a Completely totally different game. game. Yeah. And then they come out and they score again, make it 5-2, and then eventually, of course, they win 6-2. But, I mean, the Lightning uh, played better tonight, uh, better offensively tonight. I don't think they played better defensively. They played better offensively. I'm not saying they played great. I'm saying they played better than they did Friday night offensively. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that they could have played worse offensively than they did well, Friday that's night. That's a good but point. But that aside, I, I mean, look, that fourth goal was all, and, and this was the, the sort of the tragic thing. The fourth goal was all on Vasilevsky. I mean, first he gets called for tripping. I thought that uh, was a weak with, tripping call too, but eh, I think it was a makeup for some of the other ones. I, I think I, I, I'm not saying he did, but it was pretty weak one. The the intent though, I think. And it's hard to prove intent, right? But I think it was there. Yeah, but Burkowski's um, intent was to also rub Vasilevsky's he went by too. I mean, maybe. that's why. And you know, that's why I said <laughs> you it still was. Can't, well, you still can't stick your leg out. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying it was a wrong call. I think it was a pretty weak penalty call for a playoff game. But I also well, think let, it was a makeup. I think straight. it was a makeup call. I think it, I think it was a makeup call for the other ones that were weak. You're on both sides of the coin here a little bit, aren't you? What I one said, was I a said weak the high, call. I, well, one, I said the high sticking shouldn't have been called. I said by the letter of the law, it was a penalty. It shouldn't have been called. Okay. I, I don't think the trip on Vasilevsky should have been called. So either, they shouldn't but, have called anything. Okay. Well, I don't. I, well, I think I, those were pretty. I thought they were pretty weak penalties to be called. Yeah, I mean, okay. there are penalties that well, should get called, and some that, it's, especially in playoffs, don't. Now, doesn't matter what I think. Really, it got called, and it's his fault. Yeah, it was a bad play, and and so they they call it, and then um, the pass to the crease, you know, bounces off him into the net with two seconds left. But this and is that, two games that, in a row now. They've given up a power play goal in the closing seconds of a period to start a power play. Right up because they lose a face off and it goes and they quick passes and boom it's in the back of your net. Two games in a row now they've done that. Oh, it's a killer. I mean it's just an absolute killer. Um, it's 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 not a place they ever anticipated being. I don't think uh, the biggest takeaway in, in Esposito when we talked to him last week he said it. Uh, he says it all the time. If you listen to his broadcast um, and he's probably been saying it since he's been on radio and and certainly when he played. But it's true. Shoot the puck. Shoot the puck. Their failure to do so um, has led to some of these odd man rushes and, and, and just fewer scoring chances. They're, they're trying, Steve. I, think, I mean, it seems as if, you know, whether it's, whether it's uh, Kucherov or uh, a time stamp coast, whomever, Braden Point, they have chances, really good looks at the net that they're turning down, trying to make the perfect pass. You know what I mean? Um, and in, and in playoff hockey, I mean, more than, more than any other time, if you watch the Capitals, they're keeping it very simple, you know, keep it simple, stupid. They're throwing, they're throwing lots of pucks on the net. They're going hard to it. Um, you know, they're doing, they're doing the simple things, they're getting it deep. They're winning the battles and, and <clears throat> they're keeping it in their own zone, but the lightning just haven't, they've turned down too many shots in my opinion. 
and in the opinion of a lot of people that were calling the game. Well, John Cooper said it in the post game tonight that that they're making uncharacteristic mistakes that they normally don't make. Either we're passing when we should shoot, we're shooting when we should pass, uh, but ultimately we we're turning the puck over too much. Something we didn't do in the first two rounds, and when you do that, it's hard to it's hard to generate anything because group of guys going one way and now all of a sudden they're coming back at you and uh, um, you know that's been basically our issue and you mentioned that the Capitals are playing a really smart game the Lightning almost seemed to play better on the road and they were one of the best road teams this year in, in hockey granted we have one of the best records you're going to be but they they keep it simple they stop make it's almost like they play to the crowd trying to make too fancy of a play showtime too fancy. showtime yeah. hockey yeah, yeah. It, it's it's almost like there's some of that sometimes in front of that home crowd where on the road they put pucks on the net they keep the game simple as you're supposed to and washington's done a great job of that in this series oh yeah um you know so you hope that the lightning get on the road can kind of get back to a simple game and, and play their game you hope that they can do that and and, and stop as, as Cooper said, shooting when they should pass and passing when they should shoot. Um, you know, they. You know, I thought they did a better job getting more pucks on Holtby tonight. I mean, obviously, you know, game one they had two shots in the first period. Um, you can't get much worse than that, right? But he he hasn't been great. I mean, he's done what he's had to do. But it's not that Holtby's standing on their head, and that's why they're losing. Mm-hmm. They're losing because they're not they're not playing good hockey. They're getting outplayed five on five. Mm-hmm. Like we said, it's the it's just the flip of the script of the Boston series with the Lightning. Um, you know, and you wonder too, Steve, that, you know, things were so easy in those first two series for them. And, and credit them for playing really, really well, especially against Boston. I mean, a place that they have never played well. Go up there winning two games and all of that. Um, you know, but they, they, you know, they beat New Jersey in, in five. They beat Boston in five. And I think most people um, probably thought, I know I did, uh, a lot of people in hockey thought that the Caps weren't going to be deep enough. It turns out they're deeper. Um, they're de- they're, I think they're better than Boston, um, and they're certainly more physical. They're still a heavy team. I mean, they're not, they're not maybe what the Capitals were considered a few years ago, um, but they certainly, they certainly are hard to get off the puck. You know, the, and, and, and whatever, no matter what you say, Alex Ovechkin, you know, at, even at his age now, still shows that, you know what, your big players play big. He's playing huge in this series. He's disrupting everything. And don't they forget, handle. Don't forget, they're doing all this without Nicholas Backstrom. Yes, he's missed the first two games and may not play in this series. I mean, his hand's still wrapped right. up after practice, and I know he 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 did practice a little bit on Sunday. Um, took some rushes, but didn't really shoot much in that. Uh, but left the arena again with his hand wrapped up. Um, he's got a hand injury, so he may not play this mm-hmm. series. And they're doing it, and he's one of their best players. I mean, Ovechkin's their best, but sure, you know, Backstrom's in that next group. Well, I wouldn't rush him back. I mean, it seems like they're doing fine without him, and until they feel like they need him um, or until he's healthy, I wouldn't put him back on the ice. Let, let's talk about um, – for because there's going to be a couple uh, – the talking points that you're going to hear this week, and we'll start them now because uh, this is Sports Day Tampa Bay, and we're trying to get you started on the week and certainly um, some smart talk uh, about this hockey team and the, these playoffs. Let's start with Andre Veslevsky because there will be – and I know John Cooper addressed it after the game – a little bit, um, perhaps, but uh, there will be lots of discussion about whether or not he you should make a change in in the net. Uh, and not again, you can't say that this is Vasilevsky's. You know, the reason they've lost these two games is is because of their goaltending. However, uh, you know, you, you might want to shake something up, and you could start there. He got pulled from game one 
I think that was a message to his team as much as anything to avoid, you know, sort of it was the mercy killing in a way. Um, but you know what? He allowed six goals in game two. Again, not all of them his fault. I was going to say, sure which, which one of the ten goals that he's given well, up this series are you going to blame him for? I think there's a couple. I, I think you okay. can find a couple. I mean, um, you, you I can say definitely the power, the power play that he had the penalty on. You could blame him for that. Sure. And, and maybe the last one, I think, that they had in this game. But, I mean, by that time, it was all I, I think, over. I think the last two goals tonight were, you know, the, the Lightning were, were pushing so far forward based on the score that they gave up some, some worse chances on the back end. Now, should he stop right. some of those? Sure. But, you know, right. I, I don't think that's a, a fair No one's going into this saying his it's his reason that, yeah, that mm-hmm. they've lost because of him. Nonetheless... And I don't think Cooper will do it. I, I well, absolutely do not. Here's so. here's here's the thing. And and uh, okay, so you want to pull Vasil? Do you really think Louis Domingue's going to win this series for you? I don't know that he will. No, I don't. So who but gives you the better chance to win the series, Vasilevsky well, or gonna, Louis Domingue? They're going to say that that uh, that does. I again, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think Cooper will change it. I think it's got to be a discussion though in in that in that organization. And again, you know. I'd be very surprised if that was made because who, you, like you said, who are you going to, Louis Domingue? I mean, this, this is you know what? This there was a the time cap- when Holtby got sat well, down. But this isn't the playoffs. Capitals who started Grubauer, and when he wasn't, when they they lost two games at home to Columbus, and he didn't play very well, they could put Bra- uh, Braden Holtby in, a right, former Vesna Trophy guy. winner. I understand. Um, I understand. You know, that's not what Louis Domingue is as a backup here, or Peter Budai, if you want to go that far. I understand all that. I, I get it, but it's going to be a discussion. You can't tell me it won't be because that's where you're at. You're in a deep, dark place right now, and you better consider everything. Um, the other thing that uh, I think is going to be talked about is is John Cooper in trouble here? Um, listen. That's a more know, interesting conversation to me. And one that's going to be had, uh, if not during these playoffs, certainly afterwards because, again – Let's remind you of that stat, and I know they, as as my friend Raheem Morris would say, stats are for losers, right? Um, having said all that, it's a pretty daunting. I mean, they, you know, we're saying they have a chance, but not a great chance. Since 1975, teams in the conference semifinals or conference finals are 39 of 41. That's 95.1 percent when they lead 2-0 in the series. That they they win 95.1 percent of the times when they lead 2-0 in the series. And not only is this 2-0, but to your point, as you made earlier, they're going back to Washington. They they just took two on the away ice. Um, so, you know, let's let's play this out. I mean, again, we're not saying the series is over, but it's pretty much over. Um, it's going to take a real gut check to even get this back to Tampa at this point. If they win one out of the next two, uh, they're still trailing at that point, you know, three games to one. Um, so it, w- it would be difficult to, uh, you know, to see see their way home. But look, John Cooper, having been now to the Eastern Conference Finals three times in four years, including losing in the Stanley Cup Final to Chicago a few years ago, uh, he is quickly becoming the Andy Reid or the Tony Dungy of the NHL. Well, we saw it happen. We saw it play out right here. In Tampa Bay, I mean, Tony Dungy, who's going into the Ring of Honor, is a beloved coach. He went on to win a Super Bowl with the Colts, the first African-American coach to do so. Uh, And yet he was, you know, the architect, uh, brought a lot of these young guys that he drafted, brought them up through the ranks. Um, You know, Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and John Lynch were here, but they were young players out of position, Uh, you know, reinstilled a winning tradition, uh, a team that every year went deep into the playoffs. 
but they couldn't get over the hump. They just couldn't get over the hump. And he's a Hall of Fame head coach. You know, he's in the Hall of Fame. But John Gruden came in here, and he did get them over the hump, and they won a Super Bowl with a very, very good team. And you just have to wonder, with the kind of teams that Iserman has put on the ice, uh, again, this was a team that had the best record in the Eastern Conference, uh, the best record in hockey. So, you know, much is expected. You know, too much is given, much is expected. And I think that's the case here. I mean, John Cooper at some point, and you would think sooner than later, has to get this team not only back to the Stanley Cup, but winning it. And certainly uh, losing this series and falling short again is not going to help him. And furthermore, if they get swept, I don't even think it's, a, I don't even think it's an issue. I, I think Eisenman at that point will be saying, you know, because let's play it out. Okay, so you do nothing and Cooper comes back and they don't get there again. Are you really confident that John Cooper is going to take this team back to the Eastern Conference Finals and into the Stanley Cup and win it? Because that would be the bar he'd have to, ha- he'd have to get over. I think I, this discussion intrigues me because I think there was a good argument to me, Bate, he could have been let go at the end of last season when they didn't make the playoffs. Sure. Now they sure. had a hell of a run at the end of the year too. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Get within a point. Within one point, yeah. But as loaded as as that team was, I think there was a case for that. I think Mm -hmm. going into the season, had they struggled early, he was definitely on the hot seat. I agree. Now. After the first two or three games, they took off and, of course, you know, had a monster start to the first couple months of the season, and and everything's great. And until the last two games, he's done everything you could ask for. Absolutely. Best record in hockey, dispatched the nemesis of Boston, won both series in five games, and then we're talking about since Friday now, the script has flipped on him a little bit. But Iserman is a a great executive. Yes. and, And so my guess is... Because great executives don't make decisions based on the last game or two or three no. or four. Is that <laughs> oh. he's already had his mind made up as far as what he thinks of John Cooper and the future of this team. And unless something drastic happens to change your mind, you've already made that decision, whether you're keeping or, or letting him go. That, you know, and, and for instance, let's say Eisenman doesn't believe Cooper's the right coach for this, and this is all speculation. He's already decided this and is planning to make a move unless drastic happens. Well, unless he, what, they uh, win the Stanley want, Cup. They win the Stanley Cup. You can't or, make the move, right? You know, well, well, probably not. Most likely not. I mean, you know, you're not going to Or make it and then yeah. lose with circumstances like your goaltender gets hurt or something. Like yeah, I mean, you know. Game, game a, seven yeah. of the Stanley Cup. Or if you think he absolutely is the coach, then you're not going to fire him unless something drastic happens, like you get dominated in a series of four games to the Capitals that you think you should have won. Right. You know, barring that there isn't some injury on the team that we don't know about that's hurting it too. Or, you know, things is that Eiserman's not all of a sudden going, Cooper's the greatest coach in the world, and then they lose two games and now he's the worst. Is that he's not going to fluctuate in his evaluation that way. That no. any decision has been made months ago 
or really, you know, I, I, and, and I have no idea if it's he thinks Cooper's the greatest or doesn't. I have no idea. I you know, and, and Iserman's one of the best at keeping things close to his vest. But well, I mean, look, the, good executives have already. He already knows what Cooper is. He knows what his team is. He's already well, made, what, he's already made a decision whether he thinks Cooper's the guy to to take this team to the to where it needs to go. I well, have he no also idea knows what the this. decision is, but the, those decisions he, are not made during the playoffs. He also knows this. He knows who he who he would replace him with. I would hope so. I mean, I mean, every every, every good executive is, has is, to have a list, right? You have you, you, you all yes, and, I, and they got a guy in the minor leagues, don't they? He would be an option, Benoit Grew who coached uh, Syracuse for the last few years and has done a fantastic job down there. He and would at definitely some point, be an option. He's going to be an NHL coach, so you have to look at him. You have to consider what he's done with the guys now that are, that are you know, been developed and come up, come, came up here uh, to the NHL and did well. Mm-hmm. Now, same uh, having John said, Cooper did come up. I mean, he did the same thing. He was coaching did the AHL exact team. same thing, and that's why they got rid of Guy Boucher. Um, but, you know, and, and, and I will, you know, listen – John Cooper knows what they should be doing and what they're not doing. I mean, he's not on the ice, okay? Mm-hmm. It, the, the, the puck is never on his stick to decide whether to shoot it or to pass it. Correct. These are decisions that are made a split-second timing by guys who play in the National Hockey League. John Cooper did not play in the National Hockey League, as far as I know. Um, but he can sit here and say, look, this is what we're not doing right. It's not as if he's telling them, you know, here's the plan, guys. Go out there and not shoot, you know, and get dominated five-on-five. Um, you know, make some make some really bad turnovers that we haven't made up to this point in the playoffs, and let's let's pick it out of the back of our net all day. Those are not his instructions. So no coach, you know, ever won a game by himself, and certainly no coach has lost games by himself. But somebody has to be. It's a lot easier to change a coach than the players. There you go. That's exactly right. But and, and but if Iserman doesn't believe again. Cooper can get this team to win a Stanley Cup, then he'll make a change. And and, and, if he and, and Steve Eiserman has think... shown you he's willing to make the hard decisions, much like Malcolm Glazer made to yes. fire Tony Dungy and bring in John Gruden. They 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 thought the world of Tony Dungy. I wasn't around here then, but from all you know, everyone thought the oh, world of Tony. Look. But it was he's not the right guy to get us to the level we think we're ready for. That's exactly it, right. It's and not a knock you... on Tony, and it, and he went and won a, a, a championship somewhere else, and good on right. him, and fantastic. And they're going to honor mm-hmm. him this year in the Ring of Honor, but. He wasn't the right yeah. guy to take that team to the next level in, in, in their mind, and they made the tough decision. The proof of it is the Lombardi Trophy. Um, and Tony is gracious. I, I've talked to Tony about this a million times. It'll come up again when he gets into uh, you know, the Ring of Honor. He's already in the Colts Ring of Honor. I mean, Tony proved he's a, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's, he proved that he could win the big one. You know, he mm-hmm. did it with Peyton Manning, and a lot of people say, well, you know, yeah, okay, well, Peyton Manning. But you know what? Um, he gives John all the credit for finishing the job. You know, John mm-hmm. John actually got them the hardware. Now, is John Gruden going to the Hall of Fame as a head coach ever? Eh, we'll see what he does with the Raiders this time around. My personal opinion, probably not. It, the record's nowhere nowhere near what, what Tony's was. Um, and even though they both have won one Super Bowl, you know, Jimmy Johnson's not in the Hall of Fame, for God's sakes, and he won a couple, and there's a lot of guys that have won two that aren't in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So Tony Dungy was a was a Hall of Fame coach that they fired. I don't I assume they would do it again, knowing what they know. I mean, they they won the Super Bowl. That's what they were after. Um, but again, these are hard decisions to make, and it is. It's a gut feeling at the time. I, I mean, I think if you'd have said, 
you know, I mean, even going into that, and here's a good parallel, I think, to that uh, a little bit, Steve, is that going into the last year that Tony uh, coached, you know, it was the last year of his contract, too. And I began the conversation with Ray Anderson, who at the time was his agent. Ray's now the athletic director at Arizona State. Um, but, uh, you know, I asked, well, why haven't they, uh, you know, this guy's going to go to the playoffs for the fourth time in six years. Why, why haven't they talked about an extension? He goes, I don't know. And, and he goes, and that's, you know, there's lots of rumors about Parcells and different things. So, you know, they, they were pretty much, even though they thought Tony was a very, very good coach, they were not ready to go out there and commit to him fully because they wanted to see how far he could take them. And, and in fact, you know, they lost again in Philadelphia and then, then he was fired. So Iserman, to your point, had an idea of, you know, why he would bring Cooper back, which he did. Because, you, like you said, you could fire a coach after any season. They missed the playoffs. Um, With a loaded roster. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they were a favorite to make the playoffs last year. Right. And but then he goes out and he makes his team better, okay? This, uh, Braden Point comes on, and, and he makes the deals at the end of the year that he had to make. And, they, and Cooper does what is expected. He has the best record in hockey. I mean, what else could you ask of a guy in the regular season? And then they start the playoffs, and – he waltzes through the first two rounds in five games, including, you know, the, the biggest nemesis that they've had as an organization. But now here comes Washington, and, you know, they're getting dominated, and they're down 2-0. And if this thing is – if they get swept or they get, you know, knocked out of this in five games, it's – I think that's going to be, you know, there's going to need a puff of white smoke over there. Uh, to figure out whether John Cooper is back. I just I just think that's where we're at. I so. just think the decision's already been made. I just think yeah. we just don't know it, and Iserman keeps his cards pretty close to the vest, and he's already determined and we don't whether know he thinks how Cooper this can figures. get them there. Yeah, yeah. sure. And, and, how, and he has to let it play out, to your point. He has to let everything play out. And like I said, you know, Friday, Friday night before 8 o'clock, you just said everything looks really good for John Cooper. <laughs> and, then the, and then he started becoming a bad coach all it's of a sudden. It's amazing what so. a difference a week makes. <laughs> Oh, man. Speaking of that, great segue. Uh, how about your Tampa Bay Rays? Last Sunday Oof. we were talking about them um, playing the Atlanta Braves, you know, a chance to get back to 500, only a game or so away. What a great road trip they were coming off of, all those things. And now, boy, whew, I mean, they they have been god-awful. They've lost now, uh, what is it, five out of six? or No, six out of seven now. Um, they managed to uh, get a doubleheader uh, split. Over the weekend, uh, Chris Archer, by the way, in the first game of that doubleheader, they stake him to a three to nothing lead. Nice job. He gets shellacked. Um, ends up giving up six runs. They lose six three. Still did better than Blake Snell. Well, he did. Blake Snell had had the stinker. I mean, Blake has been he's been their ace. He's been their most consistent guy, and he was absolutely horrible on Sunday. Didn't have anything. And I, I heard you know I heard an interview with him after the game a little bit. Apparently, he's got a little bit of a of a hip issue. Uh, then he took a ball off the other hip. <laughs> Just finding myself uh, getting comfortable on the mound. I couldn't find it. Couldn't get really uh, my grip with my left cleat. So that was frustrating. That's why I went to the stretch front of bat. Mm-hmm. Then I moved over on the rubber. Um, there was just such a big hole that on the left side where I normally am that I didn't. I should have known go more middle and not dig deeper. I don't know. I, I just. I don't really know. I gotta, I gotta look back and think. But from what I do know, they beat me today. I wasn't in the zone as much as I would have liked to been, and I gotta clean it up. And 
Uh, I mean, I'm throwing that life Friday, so got to get it going now and figure it all out and be ready to face that lineup because they're good too. But he got rocked, man. Three home runs he gave up. We haven't seen that happen uh, for uh, at all, I think, this season with Blake Snow. He's really had and one bad outing before today. Yeah. It was the I mean, second I, outing of the year against New York. The rest of them, he's yeah. pitched pretty well. And I mean, you know, to lose three out of four to the Orioles, who are swinging the bats really, really well right now, but not a team that's you know one of your upper echelons. And this, they're playing a streak now where I think they play like forty games in forty-one days. Not that, but a lot of them on like the that. road. I mean, they they were what they had yeah. a nine or ten game, or it was like eight or nine game road trip. They were home for five. Mm-hmm. This is that's a. Right. Uh, 11 games in 10 11 days. games in 10 trip. days. Then they come home for a short homestand, and then they're back out to the West Coast again. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, they go to Kansas City now, uh, and they'll start that series, and then and then on to Anaheim, and then all the way back. I heard Dave uh, Wills on the broadcast today say that by the time they get to early June, they'll have half their road schedule done. Jeez. Because of uh, it's right? front loaded with, and especially their their West Coast trips will be done, and that that I heard him say, I don't know, he didn't have the number. He said it'll be close to halfway done their road schedule early in June or as they approach June. Well, right now it looks like the Rays are who we thought they were. I mean, you know, the hot streak notwithstanding, um, they're not consistent offensively. They're they're you know their bullpen is all over the place. It's been tough to manage that thing because again, you have these games where you're trying to spackle together four and five relievers. Um, you know, it's just, I mean, Kevin Cash is doing the best job he can, but with this stretch they got coming up, I mean, at some point, you know, the pitching is, you know, bringing up guys from Durham, Austin Pruitt was up. He didn't go to him though, right away, which was odd. Um, and you know, it's just, it's been hard to watch, but, uh, now the bats have cooled off a little bit, but man, when you see one of these stinkers, 17 to one, I mean, those, this is the third West worst beating I think they've ever had in race history. Uh, in terms of just, you know, the number of uh, differential there was 16 runs difference. Um, and then, you know, you, you got the position players finishing up the game. I was going to say, um, it's the second uh, scoreless inning by a position player this year. First was Daniel yeah. Robertson and then Johnny Field on Sunday. Johnny Field. Maybe they should just start those guys. Jeez. Johnny was, was – uh, Part know, of Johnny Holstaff day. Yeah, literally Johnny Holstaff. He was throwing the 78-mile-an-hour heater and the 68-mile-an-hour changeup, but – Hey, Richard Roster. Of, Richard Roster is now uh, pitching today. Exactly. It's been bad. It, it's it's uh, it, you know they're gonna have to they have to salvage something from this road trip to keep people's interested because um, this thing this season's getting away quick again. It's headed the wrong direction. So um, we'll also talk about uh, later this week, and we'll get into more of this. But the Bucks completed their rookie mini camp on Sunday. Um, you know, it was uh, it's always hard to evaluate. You know, from afar, we got to watch two of the three practices. Nobody uh, watched Mother's Day practice. That was sort of a mutual decision on the Bucks and the media's part. But, uh, um, you know, there's no hitting in these things. It's it's guys, you know, we like to call the underwear Olympics, but it's, you know, just shorts and helmets. And um, I'll say this. What, what you expected is, is what you saw. I mean, Ronald Jones is really, really fast, and he's going to struggle catching the football for a while. Um you know, they, they, I mean, he can catch it, but they threw it to him at USC on checkdowns and screens and anything that he has to track over his shoulder, like a wheel route, something like that. He struggled catching the ball this weekend. Um, so he's got a lot of work to do. And, and rookies usually do in the passing game in terms of protection and, and all those things. But that's okay because they've got other guys that can play third down for a while. And I'm telling you, Ronald Jones is one of those guys that if you wanted to take a flyer, on a rookie of the year candidate, 
Um, he, he can be, and I wrote about this over the weekend, he can be one of those transformative backs because I'm one that believes that, you know, it's a young man's game, particularly at the running back position. He's an explosive player. 12 games, he had at least one run at 40 yards or more at USC. And um, the guy can absolutely, uh, you know, put his foot in the ground and, and get upfield. And he's, he's going he's gonna to touch the ball a lot. I, I saw this happen, um, you know, with Warwick Dunn when he came in in 97 and joined Mike Allstott. Um, you know, Warwick had almost 1,500 yards rushing and receiving, was the offensive rookie of the year. I saw it with Cadillac Williams, who, you know, whose career was really, you know, cut short by a couple of torn patellar knee injuries. Um, but in, as a rookie, uh, he had the best three-game production, uh, I think, of any rookie. And, in fact, they sent his shoes to the Hall of Fame. But the Bucks started that year uh, 4-0 and 5-1, and and they went on to win the NFC South. And or no, they were second that year. I'm sorry, they were second that year in in, uh, in what was then. Let me think. No, they did win the FC South that year. That's right. Yeah, they won the FC South. So, you know, a running back, especially a rookie, can come in and uh, and change the fortunes of your offense. And he looked like the guy that could do that. Also wrote about Alex Kappa, who's who's a uh, you know a, a guy that uh, from Humboldt State that nobody knew anything about. Sort of an Ali Marpet type uh, in terms of a diamond in the rough. He's going to play a lot of football for them. I don't know if he wins a starting job this year, but you know, six seven three oh five. They got him playing uh, right guard. That's significant because J.R. Sweezy is going to be hurt for a while. They don't know what his status will be until we get to training camp. Um, you know, you got Demar Dotson who's recovering from a knee knee surgery. So Caleb Benenock may need to move to right tackle. So there's a lot of moving pieces, but those guys look very very good. We'll get into more of the rookies and some of the. You know, some of the guys that uh, weren't drafted that have a chance to make this football team that they liked. Um, and we'll talk about that this week and play some of their interviews as well because I had a chance to talk to a number of those guys while we were out there uh, this weekend. So busy, busy week. Uh, we're going to have Tom Jones to preview uh, game three. You know, this whole thing kind of started when Tom Jones said, that's it, I'm convinced. The Lightning are the best team in hockey. <laughs> he should move to Washington because he's now oh my ruining goodness. the series for us. Uh, he needs to come out and just say that, that you know this series is over and the Capitals are going to win it and then then the Lightning would come back. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk to Tom, let him break this down. He's headed uh, up to Washington. And look, I'll say this: you know what the biggest thing that the Lightning have going for him? The Capitals' history. You want to talk to a Washington fan and see how confident they are that the Capitals are up 2-0. The the answer would be not and very because they have had their heart broken, not at this level because the Caps have not been to the Eastern Conference in about 20 years uh, final, but it would not surprise a Washington fan of any any Washington pros team uh, if the Caps went up there and just broke their hearts with a couple of bad games at home. So uh, that's one thing that the Lightning has in their favor. But well, Washington is 7-1. and one. On the road this postseason, it's incredible. Which means if they're seven and one, they're not as some, good at trying home. Trying to do some quick math in my head, right. uh, it's eight games. I've had, I mean, six home games. Like five hundred, then, right? So yeah, three and three. Yeah, which which means you can get them, and if you get you got to get one just to get the series back here, and then you know you could extend it if at three two, going back to Washington for game six and steal one. And then you got a game seven at home. I mean, this this series can be extended, or if the Caps do what the Caps are known to do to their fans, and then you know they get beat twice up there, then we got a series. So it's, it's amazing. Uh, I heard Brian Engblom tonight say that in the postseason this year in hockey, the home team is thirty three and thirty seven. Yeah, incredible. 
that road teams have won more games than home teams in this playoffs. Well, you've said it before. It's probably the sport with the least home home ice or home field advantage of any sport there is. In the playoffs, other uh, than Game 7. That's where it really matters. Right, right. That's where it plays a big difference. But otherwise, it, it tends to be minimal. Neutral. Yeah, sort of neutral in a way. And in fact, I've always said, I always thought that starting a series at home, there was way more pressure because there's mm-hmm. just so many expectations that – you're going to win those games, and when you don't, it's a shock to your fan base. And there was a conversation up in the press box tonight about you know with Washington kind of getting over that hurdle with Pittsburgh, and you know finally, and you know everyone was wondering how they'd regroup or you know pull the emotion back up because they finally got over their nemesis. That what if they had opened at home? Would it have been different? Might have been. Might have been. So the worst. See, John Cooper's at fault there too because he he got the best record in the yeah. Eastern Conference. They should have tanked. So again, something else you could. John should have known better. Something else you can blame him for. Um, we'll see. There's a lot, lot, of, lot of hockey still left to be played. But man, let's just face it. It's they're not in a good place. They got to win right four now. or five. Yep, that's uh, hard to do. Which they won level. four in a row going into this series. Granted, yeah. against Boston well, the last four, but. You're going to hear them talk a lot about just winning a game, mm-hmm. okay? Because that's the only one that's in front of them. You can't you can't win all four of them at once. All the cliches will apply. Well, you're a big baseball and, fan. It's like you know you can't go up today in the Rays game trying to swing for a 16 run home run. That, that's right. You got to win one before you can win two. Got to chip away, chip away as they, as they can. Hey, we're glad that you guys uh, have found us. We hope that uh, you join us uh, each week, Monday through Friday. We got lots to talk about. Um, and, and again, it's exciting with what's going on with the lightning and, uh, we'll see if the Rays uh, road trip turns around and, and, and more talk about the bucks as well. You can always interact with us on Twitter at, uh, sports day TV at sports day TV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or online. Um, certainly you can email me at rstroud at Tampa Bay.com. And where can they find this podcast, Steve? Anywhere you get podcasts, whether you're subscribing through iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or any third-party apps, they'll have the podcast there. You can always rate, review, click like there. That helps us. Or you can go to tampabay.com slash sports. The latest headlines are there, but also the latest episodes of this podcast, too. Hang in there, Lightning fans. We're going to have Tom Jones preview Game 3, and we'll do that tomorrow. Hope to see you on Tuesday for Steve Burstick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Monday, everybody. 